what was exciting was I was actually making some progress and I was getting some cash flow. But what was sort of, sort of painful and uh, and frustrating was like I wasn't doing it in a way where I could escape my job. And it got to this point in my life where I'm like, look, I, I'm not a W-2 employee. Like I'll, I can be a good one, but like the pain of working for somebody else and building somebody else's castle, building somebody else's empire for me was so, so, was so tough. And so like going to work each day, you know, all I could think about was getting back and looking at properties because I knew, I knew that real estate could set me free from that, but I didn't like know how, like for, for quite a while, I couldn't quite get there. And I was going one, one deal at a time, but it was a very slow pace. So, so awesome that I was sort of jumping in, but also frustrating because I just didn't have the framework to, to go further with it. You are listening to the Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Harris. And when I'm not hosting this podcast, I'm the founder of an award-winning real estate investment firm and actively investing in commercial real estate all over the country. This show allows me to interview, dive deeper, and deconstruct many passive wealth principles, not just from investing, but tactics, strategies, and many fascinating ways in which people have achieved levels of passive wealth. Through my nearly 20-year career as a professional investor, I've built an amazing network of people and come across some super savvy investors. Not only do they have a unique stance on the marketplace, but look at the same problems we all face and many times have come up with a simple but unconventional approach to solving them. This is why I'm so excited for this podcast. It allows me to unpack and have a more in-depth conversations with these special guests. Selfishly, It's a platform where I get to ask the questions that would never come up in a normal conversation and I get a chance to learn and dissect their best strategies and you get to be a part of that process as well. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversations and these amazing passive wealth principle lessons. Welcome to Passive Wealth Principles. I'm your host, Jake Harris. I have a special guest, Mitchell England, on the show today. He actually gets to dive in, and I love this story. Part of it is is he is one of those people that just has a blind faith belief in himself and his wife and how she supports him so strongly that they went and they moved out of their comfortable life their comfortable job in suburbia and sold it or sold some of those, you know, those properties and moved into a trailer, into a KOA community in Washington, moved across the country, not knowing anybody, and then started their kind of true real estate investing journey and stumbling along the ways and having lots of failures. And then the lessons and aha moment after aha moment after aha moment. And maybe their path was a little bit longer or than others or shorter than some. But the fact that he was just so persistent and continued to build on top of that, used each one of those and failed forward, failed forward. Now he has hundreds. Uh, I think he was just up to 400 units. They just sold 50 units. So there are 350 units today as far as rental properties. And it started out and it was a very simple, just reading of a book, getting in, becoming a real estate agent, using those commission checks and started building that process. So this is an exciting episode. And listen, for some of those interesting moments. And one of them that I think you'll find is incredibly valuable is the community that he is building out and how he's taken those lessons and then layered that in to what he is doing today. So welcome to Passive Wealth Principles and my guest, Mitchell England. Hey, welcome to the Passive Wealth Principles, Mitch, or actually Mitchell England. I think I've always called you Mitch. And so uh, I'm excited to connect up. Actually, I was just on one of your your guys' tribe calls. And I, I think I got to see a little bit of that that genesis as we were, you know, um, we were in Sedona. We're in Sedona and we're talking about you and what you guys were working on and kind of launching your book and this whole platform. So I know we'll get into that later. And I'm very excited about what you guys are doing with that uh, zero to 100 tribe. I want to start in is 
first, just thanking you for being on the show, uh, carving out some time. And uh, I'd love to hear some of your background. Yeah, Jay, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I've been a um, big fan of your show. Obviously, uh, we're, we've been friends for a while now, and I've been begging you to get on your show, and finally you've let me in, so here, here I am. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know... I was going to say, it was actually, it was when, when I saw your hair, getting, I was like, oh, this Mitch, I definitely need him on. Look at that beautiful head. Well, between uh, my partner and I, you've always said I'm the best looking, and so I, I, I really appreciate that. I think we're, I think we're kindred because we have no hair. So, but yeah, man, thanks for having me. It's, it's awesome to be here. You know, my, my journey is crazy. Like I've, I've got, I've come so far, but I look back and I was thinking about this today before our call, like what an incredible, what an incredible journey and path that I've gotten to, you know, experience within real estate. You know, my, I started young. I, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was like 16, I think. And that was like my light bulb moment always kind of struggled in the normal educational system. But once I read that, I'm like, wow, there's, there's like this other path out there. There's, there's this other way. And so that got me really excited about real estate and about jumping into real estate. Of course, when you're 16, you have no money, you have no connections, you have no idea what's going on. And so, uh, so, but that book was like that, like it opened the door to this other world. And so that was like my, my beginning. That was my spark to, to learning more. Mitch, you, you talked about that. Where, t- tell me where you grew up. You uh, you said you read Rich Dad Poor Dad when you were sixteen years old. Like I feel like that was such an early age. Uh, I didn't discover it that until I don't know, probably in my twenties. Uh, maybe it was you know in, in there. But like, so wh- where did you grow up? Where are you now? And then how did you kind of get into that real estate investing framework? Did you just jump in straight away? Yeah, so I grew up in the Columbia Gorge. It's about an hour east of Portland, Oregon, uh, White Salmon Hood River area, small town. Um, I'm, I'm actually back here. I live here now today. Uh, you know, I moved away for about ten or twelve years. Traveled the country and the world. Really, um, worked overseas. So had a couple of interesting jobs, and uh, and it pulled me back in once I started having a fa- you know raising a family. So um, so I'm back here. But but yeah, real estate. Like you know, the, I guess the second part of that question is like how I got involved in real estate was like, first it was rich dad, poor dad. And then second was like starting to, you know, surround myself with people that were in real estate. Because once I like read that book, I was like, I'm hooked. This is it. This is, I got to go, I got to go figure this out. And so I remember I worked on a couple remodels early with some friends, um, with some, I guess, some friends of my parents, right. They kind of got me a job. And then, uh, I ended up working for a real estate agent as well, just to, in fact, I thought real estate agents like bought and sold properties. I had no idea what they did. So I was, I was like super rookie walking in. Um, but I just wanted to learn the game. Like, I just want to like, I want to get around it. Cause for some reason I just gravitated towards it. And, um, and that, like, that was much more attractive than like the, the normal path. And so, um, so yeah, it was, I was super young. Um, my, my first deal actually came when I was 19. I sold a, a, a motorcycle, put a down payment on a piece of land. And, uh, and I was like, I think it was Oh six or Oh seven. And so you can, you can predict what happens next. Right. Um, but you know, I bought this piece of land and it's like this speculative deal and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be rich. You know, this is going to be amazing. I, I actually bought a second one with this, with a second family member loan. And, um, and of course, 08 hits and it's like, okay, I'm not an investor. I'm an, I'm a speculator. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, rich dad, poor dad, getting around the right people. And then, and then first I jumped into speculating. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I want to, I want to do this. So that was my start. So what you said, you sold a motorcycle. What kind of motorcycle was that? And was that that first deal in, um, Columbia Gorge? So the motorcycle, I th- I'm trying to go back in my memory because I, I owned a couple of cruisers. I've always enjoyed these uh, these older bikes that I can work on. I think it was like a Yamaha Virago, like an 82 or something. I got like 1800 bucks for it. The property cost 15000 I took a loan for the, for the Delta. And uh, the property was actually in Long Beach, Washington. At the time, they were selling these beach lots for like fifteen dollars to $20,000. So I thought, well, you know, this will be a good, a good buy. I can, I can buy it, hold it and, um, and hopefully make some money. I actually was in college and I got a contract on it at like, uh, I think like $55,000. So I was going to make like 40 grand. I hadn't seen more than two grand of my name before that. And so I was thrilled. Now, the problem was we were just hitting the meltdown and my buyer like disappeared. Like I couldn't, 
he, he didn't deposit his earnest money. And like the next, you know, the next two weeks I'm calling him, I'm going, please answer and nothing. So I think he was a builder also speculating and, um, and you know, he just, he just disappeared. He was gone. And so, um, so yeah, that, that piece of property, what I thought I was going to take home a lot of money. I ended up holding it for 10 years and paying taxes on it. Right. So I think I barely broke even 10 years later. So, um, wasn't exactly a win, but it was like my first like intro to what is real estate? How do you do a transaction? How do you, um, how do you buy something? And, and most of all, it was my first mistake, which is, which I think is, um, we learned the most from those. Right. So. That's awesome. I was actually going to ask that is like, how long did you, or what did you end up selling it? But, you know, so 10 years later, so, you know, 2017, you sold it in, you know, after taxes and everything, how much did you end up selling that property for? Honestly, I think when it all when it was all said and done on the transaction, I lost like 500 bucks and I lost 10 years of paying taxes and HOAs. And so um, I, when you do the math, it, it, I probably lost the whole thing. I mean, 15 grand or so, um, you know, it was uh, <laughs> it was kind of like my school hard knocks, which in real estate, when you lose $15,000 on your first deal, like that's a blessing. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, I I did it. Uh, I had, I actually had two pieces of property at the beach there. I, I had speculated times two in the beginning and uh, the same thing with the next one, sold it right at basically what I, what I bought it for um, 10 years later. So th those two pieces, those are the two pieces I've, I've actually um, basically broke even on the rest I've done pretty well. So, so that was your first deal. So, uh, you know, and, and I know that you're super successful now and you've grown quite uh, the real estate portfolio. And so like what what is the kind of the next uh, iteration for you? Did you um, keep doing real estate stuff or I'd, I'd love to hear more. And if you can kind of walk us through and, and go into some detail to kind of take us through that journey of that first deal to where you are today. Um, and I mean. I don't think you need to be any kind of short and just go ahead and, and dive into, cause I think that's super interesting. Yeah. So, you know, I got out of college and I, I immediately went into the military as an officer early on. Um, and my, you know, I, I always want to fly. That was like, I've always been interested in aviation, but you know, I, I also had this like yearning to be an entrepreneur. So I'm like this guy in the military and, but I also want to be free. And so the two, the dichotomy of that is, is, uh, is kind of interesting. So after the military, of course, I went into the corporate world, but all the while I've always kind of come back to real estate and through my twenties been super involved and interested. So I'd have these jobs where I work all day, but then after work, I'm like driving properties and I'm calling agents and it's 8 PM and I'm doing walkthroughs. And I'm trying to figure this out. So, so my next two deals actually were land deals um, as well, which I don't do any land deals today, but I had this theory that if I went out and bought or found deals that were super undervalued, then I could sell them at market instead of holding and uh, and speculating, and I can and I can make some money. And so my next two deals I bought, I think one was seventy five, one was eighty two five acre parcels, and I was actually able to buy them under market and go sell them within three or four months, just a just a quick flip. And I made about thirty to forty on each of those pieces of property. Although slightly speculative, I also I also took a different approach, right? Like my first approach was like ready fire aim, <laughs> right? I did. I didn't have any strategy. And so the second approach was like, I really understood the market. I understood the value of the properties, the demand. I understood the area, the neighborhood. And I knew that I was getting them under market day one, instead of sort of buying them, hoping the market would go up and then winning in that way. And so my first lesson was like, look, if you're going to buy a property, buy it under market. Um, it, it, you know, and don't, don't look at that future value. And so that was my first like aha moment on, on how to sort of, um, sort of get in the game and win in the game. Right. And so, uh, you know, after those, I, um, I, I bought my first home. I think I was about 24 or 25, bought my first home and I house hacked it. And like, there's another light bulb, right? Like I put somebody in the top unit, I moved to the bottom, built a kitchen down, down, you know, a little apartment downstairs. And now someone was paying for my home. And so I'm, you know, I'm living in this home going, wow, like I, I, I literally I get a free house other than the, than the small down payment. And so that was another big light bulb moment where, you know, even though I owed, you know, I had a, a bank loan, like somebody else was paying for it. And, you know, I paid for the utilities, I think. And so that was a big, uh, a big aha. And, and that really got me out of the land deals because I thought, well, shoot, like when I hold the land, I got to pay, you know, HOAs or whatever fees for the neighborhood. And then I have to pay taxes. And by the way, there's no revenue coming in. 
I'm just sort of holding it, making payments, and um, and nobody else is paying for me. So, so I would say I'm a slow learner. That took me a good five years to sort of say, hey, I need some like cash flow properties, right? And so, um, so from there, I was I was sort of hooked on the on real estate cash flow, which is which is what we do today. And I started to kind of started to look for other properties um, for a long time. My goal was to find properties that cash flow, and I was really looking at that like single family duplex um, sort of size of properties, and that was my that was my approach. You know, we, my wife and I, we moved across the country to Minnesota. We ended up buying a couple um, properties there, which, believe it or not, we bought a rental property for eighty five thousand dollars that cash flowed like seven hundred dollars per month. And so um, I don't know if those fundamentals exist anymore, but at the time it was pretty it was pretty awesome. So. You know, we uh, we started buying single family and a couple duplexes just to just to start kind of getting up our or building our inventory and building our cash flow. And so um, so that's kind of my that's kind of the story in my twenties. You know, I was working these this these corporate jobs and I was buying these little assets. What was exciting was I was actually making some progress and I was getting some cash flow. But what was sort of sort of painful and uh, and frustrating was like I wasn't doing it in a way where I could escape my job. And it got to this point in my life where I'm like, look, I, I'm not a W-2 employee. Like I'll, I can be a good one, but like the pain of working for somebody else and building somebody else's castle, building somebody else's empire for me was so, so, was so tough. And so like going to work each day, you know, all I could think about was getting back and looking at properties because I knew, I knew that real estate could set me free from that, but I didn't like know how, like for, for quite a while, I couldn't quite get there. And I was going one, one deal at a time, but it was a very slow pace. So, so awesome that I was sort of jumping in, but also frustrating because I just didn't have the framework to, to go further with it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, that's, that's so interesting. I've heard that story a, a fair amount and actually it was part of my own story too, is like, I think, you know, the, uh, maybe playing small ball, you know, doing the things that I could actually understand. And it wasn't, you know, I just didn't know how to do anything. You know, there's, there's your twenties, but obviously, you know, and uh, you have a lot more units now. Do you, how many rental units do you have now? Doors, keys, you know, whatever you want to call it, pads. So I'm a partner in, in 350 units today. You know, our portfolio, we, we own primarily, affordable housing and mobile home parks. And then we also have some, some sort of unique accommodations, uh, boutique hotel and RV park. And so, um, we've, we've also been involved with apartment deals and, um, you know, some, some, some larger sort of renovation projects, but that's, that's our current portfolio today. So, you know, you're doing single houses or single family duplexes, other things like that. And it's obviously a slow trudge, of, of kind of getting through that. And it's not really getting you the place to where you can exit your W corporate two job. Um, what does, you know, what do you do and start, you know, and maybe, I don't know if that's in your thirties, but you know, what's, what's the next steps for, for, for Mitchell. So, you know, I, I don't know if I'd recommend this, but, uh, but this is my story, right? So we, I was so frustrated by, by the job that I had. In fact, I, there, there was this one day that was super impactful I was 29 years old and one of my friends was 37, my age, and worked for the same company, same position. And he had a stroke at work. And I don't know, I don't know his past health. I don't know any of the any of the details there, but like I couldn't help but think like the job had something to do with it. I mean, we were working 16, 8 hour, 18 hour days. We were, you know, flying state to state. I was a project manager at, you know, um, for a lot of OR room renovations and new builds. And so super, super stressful job. But I had this aha, like look, look like this is not going to create the life that I want. And not only that, but like I started to think of my, my job as a greater risk than risking it all and becoming an entrepreneur. And so I think a lot of people look at being entrepreneurs like, well, it's super risky, like be careful. Right. But like, I'm like, you know what? I was doing the riskiest thing at all. And I was living a life I didn't want to live. And I was working somewhere I didn't want to work and I was building somebody else's empire, not mine. And so that risk started to sort of stack up and it, it started to outweigh the risk of leaving. And so, um, so I, I started to plan my escape. You know, I think I was 28 or 29 and I, I, I asked my wife, like, look, would you be, would you be on board for this? And of course she is. She's an amazing support to me. And so she's like, look, let's do this. If you want to do this, let's do it. And so I think we saved around 40 to $50,000. We had a little bit of cash flow, maybe about $2,000 a month in, in um, passive from, 
from a couple different rental properties. And we moved out of our house or, well, let me back up. We quit, you know, I quit my job, sent an email and said, look, I'm done. And, uh, push the button. Of course, I'm like, want to throw up after I push the, you know, I email my boss. And, uh, but we, we decided, look, we're going to quit. We're, I'm going to go into real estate. I'm going to go sell it, see, figure out what that looks like and, and see if I can work my way in some other, other way. And, uh, we're going to move across the country from Minnesota to Seattle. I heard Seattle was great for real estate. That's literally all I knew. I knew that the, the, the real estate market was hot, which at that time, means very little because I knew nothing um, or very little about real estate other than sort of fumbling through some properties. We actually bought a, we bought a camping trailer because I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm literally, we're going to be broke. We, we have to sort of start back at the bottom and rebuild. And so we sold the cars, we bought an old expedition and a camping trailer and my wife and my little girl, Evie, which I think she was one at the time, we moved into this camping trailer and we, the plan was to hit the road and uh go to seattle and get real estate you know license and go go sell which t- looking back i'm like man i'm not sure about, i'm not sure about that like that sounds uh that's that sounds like a little bit of risk or a lot of a lot of risk but um but that was the plan you know so so i, I remember like you know i'm looking out i remember the day we moved into the trailer and we rented out the house we were living in we actually went to go visit the other rental property that i bought and uh the guy had left a dog in the house for six months, never took the dog out. Of course, like I'm like this novice landlord. I hadn't, I hadn't been checking on the house. So, so like the day after I quit my job, we jump into a remodel of a house with, with, I, you know, I have no money. And so we, I think we spent about five grand in 17 straight days doing the floors and the trim and the, in the, um, in the kitchen and all this stuff, because we sort of had to, but I had that moment, you know, I'm, I'm, my my wife and my little girl looking at me like is everything gonna be okay and i'm going we got this we got this right we it but of course down deep you're going oh boy that's your first big blow right (laughs) so um so that's how we left you know we i just i i went cold turkey and i said i'm never going to work for somebody again and and, uh if that means that i'm that i'm painting houses then that's going to be it because i i just know i just know this about myself that i'm i'm it's, it's inside me to, to work for myself, I guess. So did you end up making it to Seattle? We did. So we drove across the country. We, we got there and I, th- I think, well, we stopped to see my family and I think we got to Seattle in like four or five days. And, uh, we parked at the Kent KOA campground, which by the way, is, uh, like the last stop before like being homeless. I mean, really. And I say that as a joke, but also like with compassion because half of the park is, uh, like long-term tenants, um, in trouble, right. Living in these old trailers that, uh, that is sort of their only option. And so we, we went from a very comfortable middle-class sort of neighborhood and life to like living in this trailer in Seattle in the winter, which if you know, Seattle, it's like just fog for like 180 days. And so, um, so our lives look very, very, very different, very, very quick, you know, and, uh, but, but what an amazing experience, you know, I, I, I went from this sort of cush, I'd say comfortable life, but, but, but internally miserable with my job to this life where I'm like living very simply, but also like excited for, for what could be. And, um, I, you know, I look back and I go, look, we, we truly jumped off the entrepreneurial cliff. And we started to build the airplane on the way down. And when I say like, we went to the bottom, like here we are, like my wife, my kid in a, in a small trailer, I'm, 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 I'm going to the office to, to collect, you know, small rent checks from my, from my rentals, which I had rerouted to the KOA office, you know, and, uh, and we started, we, we started, you know, taking real estate classes to, ch- to try to, to try to jump into real estate, which by the way, I knew no, you know, I, I won't lie. I knew one person in Seattle, like one person total. And the plan was to go sell real estate. And so again, looking back, if I, if I had to give myself advice, I'm not sure I would I'd give the same advice, but, uh, but it was quite an adventure. You know, we, we started, we started with nothing. And, uh, and so, so that's what we did. We, I went and did real estate um, courses, ended up getting my license within a couple months. And uh, quickly, you know, out of necessity, found a home actually at Keller Williams Real Estate in Tacoma. I was driving around going, gosh, I just got to hang the license somewhere and I, and I can't think about it too much because 
I don't even know what to think about. I, you know, I knew nothing about it. So I walked into the, the Keller Williams office in Tacoma. I said, look, I just got my license. I think I can sell real estate. What do you guys think? They said, sure, you know, um, go ahead and sit, sit in our lobby with your desk and phone and good luck, right? <laughs> so, so that was the beginning of our, uh, of our entrepreneurial sort of like jump off a cliff. Man, I, I love so many things about that and that story. You know, there's, there's something. So uh, one, I mean, you're the support of your wife, you know, how, how amazing is that? So uh, was there ever any moments, you know, uh, going from that cush, you know, middle-class job, you know, thing to now this, let's say trailer park KOA in, uh, in Washington or Seattle area, did she ever doubt you? Is there, was there ever struggles? Was there anything that she ever voiced? And I mean, obviously you're on the other side of that. Now you have hundreds of units and, and, and passive cash flow. but uh, talk me through that kind of mindset between yourself and, and maybe your wife of what that was like. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I've got to, I got to say like a lot of people talk about deals. They talk about education. They talk about partners, all these things, but like it's not that often that you talk about your partner as being like your major source for success. And, um, and there's no, there's no way that we'd be where we are today without her because her willingness to take sacrifices to, you know, to, to take risks and just say, let's do it is, um, is uncanny. It's rare. And so I I'm lucky in that way. I don't know how you plan for that. I don't know if you can, um, but she's always, no matter what idea I've, I've had, she's always like, let's do it. I support you. And, and by the way, she works in my business today. Um, she does all the design, all the websites, all the, um, all the marketing for us. And so, you know, every step of the way, she's like, look, let's go get it. Let's go figure it out. Let's, um, how can I support you? How can I support the kids? And so I, Jake, all I can say is I'm lucky. I think it's a huge part of my success. And, uh, and yeah, without, without that, you know, I fear that without that support, I'd be at the same corporate job, which is, uh, which is scary in itself. Right. Yeah. I think that's one of the things is like, there's so many people that they get stuck in that, you know, machine of just comfortable enough or just safe enough. And without that encouragement and, and, or, the freedom and obviously, you know, uh, a young family, you know, uh, you know, your, your daughter and, and your wife, you know, that encouragement to go jump off the cliff. That's, that's such a huge, huge thing. So you, you get to KW in Tacoma and you just crush it. You know, you come out of the gate, you're, you're printing money and now you just have so much money, uh, that you don't know what to do with it that you just are throwing it at every real estate investment deal. And now you become an uber successful multimillionaire in the course of weeks. So Jake, that's exactly what did or maybe happen. not did not happen. <laughs> are you guys enjoying the show so far? Look, two of the most common questions I get asked are where can I find good deals to invest into? And is it possible to invest alongside of our deals as a passive investor? So my team and I wanted to put together an insider list where you can get first access to investment opportunities, due diligence resources, and best practices for those interested in investing passively into deals like the ones we talk about on the show. Those deals are mostly in the commercial real estate space, but I oftentimes get exclusive access to deals of people like the guests on my show. If those deals pass our criteria, we pass them on to those on the list. To gain access to this insider list, all you have to do is go to www.catchkniveswithans.com and hit the big orange button on the top right of the page. We also host events, dinners, and give away VIP access to events that I'm speaking at or attending. Once again, it's www.catchkniveswithans.com and hit the big orange button on the top right of the page. For those that are serious about passive wealth building, we'll see you on the inside. Now, back to the show. You know, what I thought was that I was going to go to the office and people were going to call me. I don't know why I thought that. You know, I thought, hey, now I have my license. I'm a big deal, you know, which is, which is, it's not a big deal. It's like, you got to take a, a course and a, and a test. And so 
um, I still remember I walked into the office, I, you know, I got all signed up or whatever. I walk in the office, I sit down at the desk with my computer, my phone, and I'm looking, I open my computer and I just like sit back and I'm looking around and like, there's just nothing, ha- there's nothing happening in my life. Real estate agents are running everywhere and talking on the phone. And I have no, I have no contacts. I have no, um, I have no leads. I have no database. I have, there's just, and by the way, I have no, no idea how to sell. I've never sold a thing in my life at this point. And so there, yeah, there were moments where I'm like, I don't, I don't know if this was a good idea. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's where up until then I thought, shoot, all right, we'll move there, whatever. We got a, we got a trailer, whatever. That's great. Okay. I get my course, whatever. And then it was like, this was just this huge, like wall up in front of me, basically screaming at me going, look, man, you have no idea what you're doing and you have no contacts, no mentors, nothing. And so, um, so I, First of all, thank God I was at Keller, Keller Williams because it's a, it's a training environment and, uh, and there's a lot of people doing amazing things there. And so I started to go to these trainings at, at Keller just on how to like get on the phone and how to close and, I, you know, just kind of the basics. And then, um, and then the other thing that I did, which, which I think is really, uh, it took me a little while to do was I started just sitting back in the office and, and instead of tweaking with my logo, like observing what people were doing, you know, like I listened to people's conversations as they walked by, like. I heard somebody say like, well, well, let's set you up with a buyer's console. So then I, he got off the phone. I go, Hey, what's a buyer's console? He goes, Oh, well, this is what you do. I said, Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'll, I'll write some, I'll write some documentation to, to, to hold a buyer's console. You know, I, I went like sort of one step at a time. And uh, of course that, that didn't mean I had any deals. That just means I was sort of building some framework to close something where, what I learned though, at Keller and Keller's really good at this is, is cold calling. And so somebody said, look, you need a, you need a database, you need to call expired leads and you need to, you know, get on the phone with these folks and start trying to close stuff. And so, um, I got a couple of different software, you know, pl- you know, packages where I could get on the phone and I started calling people and, uh, I'll never forget. I was calling from the trailer and I'm, I'm, you know, I closed the door uh, to the room. I'm calling from the trailer. I think I'd called like 200 people that night, you know, and I walk out and my wife, goes, Hey, how's it going? You know? And I'm like, going, I'm going, it's great. Like everything's looking up. Right. And so, but I had received like, I don't know, 15, like screw offs. Like you're not going to do business with me. I'm not selling my property. Like, like cold calling is like the roughest thing you can do. Right. And so, um, but you know, I, I kept going. And I think that during that time, I, I I'd heard this definition of success that it was failure after failure after failure without loss of enthusiasm. And I, I didn't make that up. I heard, and I don't, I don't know who said that, but I remember thinking like, if I can figure out how to fail, fail fast and iterate, then I think I can figure this out. Um, but I had to, I had to figure out how to go day after day after day failing. And so I was really, really focused on trying things. And every time I failed, just iterating slightly until I sort of hit the nerve because I knew something was there and I had to, I had to get to it. So, you know, I think I'd call, I think I'd racked up 2000 to 2,500, something like that. Uh, phone calls. And I, I had, I still hadn't had a deal. I had a lot of conversations. I had a lot of no's and, but I did not, I did not have a single deal. And so it was pretty frustrating, but um, I'll tell you, like I started watching this guy on YouTube and I wish I could give him credit. We'll put it, maybe put it in the show notes, but this guy changed my life. He had a script and he had a way of talking to people that closed deals. And I studied him and I started putting, I started putting this script all up over my, all over my wall and I started to follow it. And I remember studying this and rehearsing this to myself in the office. I made a phone call to expired lead and the first guy I got, a, I got an appointment. And, uh, and I remember that just changed my life. Like the, this, this whole way of sort of prospecting and talking to people because I hadn't sold anything. I, I had, I'd learned from this guy that there's a script, there's a framework to do this. There's a way to do this. And that was my big aha with real estate sales was like, you got to say the right things. You got to know how to sell. You got to ask questions. You got to know when to offer value or to, or to tie down or what, whatever that was. And so, um, I, I remember for during, in four months I made 1100 bucks. So I know you said I crushed it, but, uh, it was a, t- it was a tough four months, man. I, I am so excited that you shared that because I think that is so much value for so many people. And I also, it it gives so much more clarity on some of the things that you're doing today for me and how uniquely um, powerful you are to serve the person that you once were 
and the the opportunity and the in both the mobile home parks and the the koa trailers and the rv other things like that so this is something that i'm i'm so stoked to have here heard and so i, I appreciate you sharing me that uh, what was and who was that youtube you know person that was reading that script do you know or remember who that was I'll, I'll have to I'll have to ping you with it, and maybe we can put it in the in the show notes. I can't I can't remember his name, but uh, he just for 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 cold calling and real estate agents, man, he changed he changed the game for me. That's so cool. So you you land, you figure it out, you get a script, you start doing this framework, you land yourself a. Uh, call. I also love the fact that you you just were like, I can sell and you've never sold anything ever in your life. Just like this, you know, blind ambition and, you know, like vision on yourself. Because I was like, I it's a conversation I have with my wife many times. And, and sometimes it causes me to even question myself when I just say, like, I can do things. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And she's like, how do you know? And then, you know, we're part of a mastermind group and I get around other people and some of them, I was like, that doesn't make sense. That's crazy talk. But then I was like, maybe that's how most people look at me. They're like, Jake's a crazy person. And I was like, maybe Mitch, you're a crazy person too. And that's why we became friends where we're like, oh, you're a crazy person. I'm a crazy person. Let's be friends. Um, and so, but the the thing is, is like you did figure it out. You did figure out how to get those next steps. So now like talk me through like those next iterations. Like, you know, now you start getting, you figured out how to do some sales. You know, you figured out how to get to those. Like where, where do you start, you know, really starting to get and gain some success? And um, how does that launch you into, you know, your real estate investing, you know, trajectory now? Yeah. So let me go back for a second. You know, first of all, I do think that I'm crazy, um, but I think I think all entrepreneurs are crazy. Uh, you know, you almost have to be and uh, you almost have to have this undying belief in yourself and your ability to sort of fail forward. And trust me, I've failed way more than I've succeeded. I failed 100 to 1 for successes. And, and I love, you know, the, the word failure to me is feedback, right? You do something, you get feedback, you iterate. And so um, I've always... I've always treated it as like the startup of Mitchell and Hannah and family, right? And you try things and you iterate and you see you see if you can sort of find success after some point. I think some of that I gotta I gotta I gotta say, you know, I was 16 years old. I asked my dad one time, how'd you build this house? Because he had built this beautiful house for us and it took him like 10 years. He never built anything but a doghouse before that. And he said, Mitch, I, I went down to, you know, Ace Hardware and I bought a book. And, it, and I was like, well, what, what was the book? He goes, the book said how to build a house. So I bought the book and then I, and then I built the house. And I just thought, what a simple like, like explanation, but so powerful because like what people think is like, you got to know how to do something to go do something. And like short of doing surgery on somebody or flying an airplane, like most things you can try and, uh, and you can fail at and you're okay. You're not hurting anybody. And so so I want to go back to that because that was so impactful for my life. I, I, I always use that. Like you want to do, know how to do something, by the way, search how to do X on YouTube or Google or Amazon and just go figure it out, make mistakes and iterate. And so, um, so anyway, I think that's powerful. You know, going back to my story, though, I started to use this framework and the first half of the year, I closed like one or two properties. I mean, it was just barely enough to sort of get by, figure out the transaction uh, the second half of the year, I got 14 listings and I started to, and I got a couple buyers too. And so things started to change for me in a big way because I figured out how to get people in my funnel, how to nurture, how to add value, how to finally have sort of that buyers or that seller's console, get the listing or the buyer's agreement and then go out and close. And like, that was my first, like, that was like my first like uh, you know crash course in sales, and there's a ton of ahas inside of that. And and honestly, I use a lot of those sort of learning pieces um, or pieces of knowledge like today in my own business because no matter what business you're in, it's kind of very it's all similar, right? Maybe you're prospecting a seller for a property. Well, you call them and ask them to buy the property, they're probably going to say no. But you call ask you know you call and add value, capture information nurture over time. Well, two or three months from now, they might say yes. So I use a ton of those things that I, that I learned during that time. Um, 
uh, today in my business. So, so yeah, you know, I, I, I hit like top 10 sales in Keller Williams within that first year, which was super exciting because I thought, man, I, I roll in here with a, with a phone and a computer totally lost. And now I'm, I'm getting some traction. Um, we bought a house on the courthouse steps, um, moved into it, which was awesome. We, uh, we, we actually moved from the trailer to an apartment and then the apartment to this house, um, ended up renovating this house, uh, and just dumping every single dime I had into this house. Like we moved in before it had a kitchen. This was the second place we had lived, um, with no kitchen and did the dishes in the yard, which again, kudos to my wife for, for sticking with me. I, don't, I have no idea why she, why she does, but, um, but yeah, we, you know, so we, we dove in, um, with, uh, my, my wife and girl, we had another one on the way and every commission check I'd, I'd get, I just dump into this house as much as I could because I knew that there was value there and we were built, we were, you know, not only building a great house, but also building a ton of equity. And so I still had the, the other rental properties, I think three others at the time. And, uh, and this became like our, that this became our project. It also became just like our money pit because we, we, we just dumped everything into this thing. And so, um, so, you know, this took about, I think two years we were done with the house. We put about 160 K into it and, uh, and we were ready to move at that time. We, we had, um, we had, we had an opportunity to help start a brokerage back in my hometown, which was exciting to get back to where I am now. And, uh, we decided to move and we decided to sell the house. It was paid off and we, we put it on the market. And um, we decided, look, let, let's sell this thing. Let's move, use some of this for our startup costs of this other brokerage, as well as maybe go into some other investments. And so um, I think that was, uh, that was about five years ago. So you sold that, you moved back to Columbia Gorge area? Yeah, we moved back to White Sam in Washington. And so that's, that's Columbia Gorge where I am now. And the idea was to start help start with this brokerage um, action with my sister, and I, you know, I jumped in. We we started. I started selling residential homes again, and uh, had some cash in the bank. It was kind of during this time I met my partner Travis uh, Dillard, and we we first you know we started out as friends with sort of this similar interest of like investing and. It started with like, hey, let's go get a beer. Let's go grab a coffee or let's like he was the only person that I knew that enjoyed talking about like cap rates and like forced appreciation and these topics that, you know, um, very few individuals get excited about. And so um, so we had, we had started our our friendship off by just sort of masterminding together. Like we we were the only people we knew that that enjoyed this stuff. And, uh, you know, sooner sooner or later, this this uh, this friendship, you know, turn into a partnership. Like he, he had just sold a duplex in fact. And he said, look, I want a 1031 this money. And I said, well, gosh, I've got some cash from this sale. Like, you know, we were close enough at that point to say like, maybe we do a deal together. We weren't, we weren't sort of um, seeing the business that we we're going to build, but we thought let's do a deal together, see how this goes. And then who knows if this is awesome, then, then let's um, let's build further. Right. So, uh, so Travis sold his duplex. I, I had a, um, around a hundred thousand dollars left after paying debt and living and all the stuff that, that life takes. And, uh, we bought a 39 unit, um, mobile, mobile RV, uh, park in North Carolina, Newburn, North Carolina, actually. Um, which, which was pretty surreal for me because, you know, the day we closed on that was almost exactly five years from the day we moved into the KOA. I think maybe five, yeah, five years. And so I, I was like this surreal moment because I remember living in this KOA. And when I was in the KOA, I was like walking around, counting the units, calculating the revenue going, gosh, wouldn't it be neat to be on the other side of this? Like, how could I, how could I get there? And at that point, at that time, it seems so long away or so far away, but, um, but it was such a cool moment because I just sat there and I just like kind of had this like uh, this moment of reflection. And I just thought, gosh, you know, my mind has changed so far that I just signed, I just inked paper to buy a, a mobile RV park, um, you know, and not so, not so long ago I lived in one and I was just sort of starting out. So that was like, that was the very first jump into like the big, the bigger multifamily assets. How did you end up in North Carolina buying that property? So, you know, I wouldn't say it was the most strategic purchase. You know, Travis was pushed for a 1031 exchange. He had identified this property. I looked it over. I, you know, from what I could tell, it was a great property. We did our best to, to figure out the area from afar. Um, 
I was actually in uh, in Wisconsin seeing family when he identified this. And I'm like, you know, New Year's Day, I'm looking at this thing going, man, I think it's good. It sure looks good to me. And so, um, you know, we we ended up there because that was what was available. That's what we identified. And uh, in the fundamentals actually were interesting on this property. Um, at the time, again, we were learning the game of, of large and multifamily. But uh, the it was interesting because there was like this natural progression of people moving out of the park, moving old mobile homes out of the park. And every time they moved a mobile home out, you could put in two long-term RVs. And so like we saw the opportunity for long-term growth um, as well as markets were under rent and there's some sort of value add items that needed to be done. But, uh, but we were rookies, right? We were going, look, let's go from, you know, we had both only owned five or six units uh, each before that. And we said, look, if we're going to do this, um, let's dive in. And, you know, the other reason, or, you know, I'd say that we went out of state was we, we did, we did start to have this or develop this vision for a larger, a bigger company and a bigger portfolio, um, slowly over time. And, and one of the the theories was like, well, if we're going to build a big portfolio, then we need to figure out how to invest from afar. We need to figure out how to invest in a property that's like across the country, manage it and do it in a way that's, that's, uh, that creates a great environment for the tenants as well as a profitable property. And the only way to learn that is like everything else I've done in my life and that's doing it. And so we did, we, we bit, we bit the bullet and we, and we bought this. Um, the next morning it was so funny because Travis calls me, he goes, Hey, hey how you doing? You know, how do you, how do you feel about closing? And I go, I'm, I just about threw up this morning. I'm like, how, how about you? And he goes, same, I'm feeling pretty sick. <laughs> so it was one of those moments where you're going, you take this big, this big leap, but like, I never own anything more than a duplex. Right. Like, so it was, uh, it was scary. Yeah, that is, um, I think that's one of those things in life. Like you have to push beyond your comfort zone. There's, there's been several times in my life that exactly that same feeling, you know, where it was like, I don't feel good about doing this. But the fact that you just, you did it. And actually there's some things like, uh, totally worked out. Like it was just like, man, uh, hindsight is I, I would have regretted not doing that way, way, way more. Uh, and it probably wasn't until afterwards that I realized that, that certain component. So you bought the park in North Carolina, you're, you're slinging houses as, as a KW, um, you know, kind of agent. And then, you know, walk me through, you know, scaling up. How do you get from from those next levels and get up to, to, to 300 units? And are you still doing real estate agent, you know, stuff? Or is there a point in your life where you're able to kind of step away from that? Yeah, good, all good questions. So, you know, after that 39 units, I about a week or two later, I realized that nothing was nothing was going south. My life wasn't blowing up. Like everything's okay. We can, we can do, we can do this. And so we kind of got our feet wet with those 39 units. And we, uh, but we also kind of got like obsessed with the idea of like scaling because now we had gone from, you know, maybe 10 units combined to like 39. And we, we started to ask the question, we started to, we started to ask the question, like, why, why do some people own a couple units or 10 or 20 units and other people own several hundred or several thousand? And so our masterminding sort of turned into like this accelerated learning, right? We started ordering books and listening to podcasts and, and going down this path where we're like, look, there's guys out there doing this and they're doing it. They're playing a much bigger game. And and my interest in that and, and Travis's as well was like, how do we play this game, create a life where we're adding value to tenants' lives, but we're also like adding value and time to our own. We're able to sort of build a, a life where we're not tied to our work. And like in the in real estate sales, um, great career, right? But like you eat what you kill. And once it's done, you gotta go out and get it again. And so there's no recurring, there's no recurring revenue. And so similar to a job, um, you got to show up or else, you know, nothing's, nothing's coming in. And so, uh, so, you know, I, I kept selling real estate for a couple of years and, uh, we, we kept looking for properties because we're like, let's, let's figure out how to scale. Let's figure out how to do this. Um, the next property I think we bought was a, was a 12 unit, uh, apartment complex, pretty beat up D apartments, got a good deal on a cold call. Um, I, I started cold calling sellers and, uh, 
And uh, we, I just read the book um, by um, Brian Murray, I think it was, Crushing in Apartments and Commercial Real Estate. And uh, we, I read this book and I thought, man, this is, this is so cool if I could reposition a, an apartment. You know, I just learned that term reposition, by the way. So, um, so I, I pulled this apartment. I'm like going, oh, this is perfect. Let's take this from a D to a C, maybe. Like, let's get it done. So, uh, so we buy this, this apartment complex, $380,000 for 12 units in Washington State, right? Like unheard of price point, tons of meat on this thing. And so we got to work. We just, we, we were like, let's replace the sign. Let's, Let's paint the exterior. Let's do lines in the parking lot. Let's renovate units. Let's upgrade the the tenant base. Let's get the the drug dealers and the you know the problem the problem tenants out of there. Let's and you know so we just made this thing better, and uh, and lo and behold, uh, Brian Murray was right. You know you can you can reposition and and, uh, and add value by by making it better. So that that was this other light bulb that went off with Trav and I going, man, this is like th- this is all real. And we can really have this if we start to really think about this differently, look for undervalued assets, make them better and either refi or sell on the back end, right? To, to sort of reap the benefits. And we started to kind of build this model. Um, you know, also during this time, we, uh, we one, one of these days we were sitting having coffee and kind of masterminding and, and I, I went to Travis and I go, Travis, I heard there's people raising capital for real estate. Have you ever heard of that? And he goes, no, no, I'm what? Like they're raising, and I know, no, no, I'm not, I'm not joking. I saw YouTube with with whoever, um, and they're like raising other people's capital to like go take these under ass, undervalued assets down, and they go reposition them, they provide a return, and they do cash out, you know, um, refis and that kind of stuff, and like both of our uh, brains just exploded on this concept because we thought, well, shoot, if you could take away the limitation of capital by providing a really good return, like. That's incredible, right? Like now you can scale your portfolio so much faster because you can take other people's capital, give them an awesome, give them a better return than the stock market or bonds or whatever that is. And, um, and yeah, you can, you can explode your portfolio. So, you know, about during this time, we, we, uh, we read Joe Fairless book. I'm, I'm plugging a lot of books here because there's so many guys out there that are just so, so amazing. And, um, and, uh, best ever apartment syndication book. And he talked about educating. And he said, look, if you want to build a network and, and attract investors, you got to go educate. So, so what do we do? We launched a meetup, right? We said, look, let's launch a meetup. Let's go talk to folks in our, in our, you know, in our town about what we're doing. And let's just see what happens. Well, uh, three or four months later after, the, uh, you know, doing this meetup, a guy, a guy approaches us and he goes, if you got another deal, let me invest. I want to be a, your investor. I got some capital. I just sold the property and I'm, I'm waiting. And so we, uh, we, I'm like going, holy smokes, this is awesome. He had like over, I think it was like $300,000 or something. And I'm thinking, gosh, like if I could find a really good asset for this guy, like we could go take something down. And uh, we, it was about two months later, I think we found a mobile home park. They wanted 1.9, we negotiated 1.6 and got it in, in contract, owner contract. Um, and we had to come to the table with 160 and another 50 or 60 for cap reserves. I think it was like 220 total raise. And we were in contract and I, I'm looking at Travis going, dude, we have no money. I mean, we are like, we just deployed it in these other deals. Like I'm like scraping the barrel. I haven't sold much, you know? And uh, so we called, we called this partner. We said, look, here's the opportunity. Here's where we can take the, we believe we can take the asset. Here's the cash flow. Here are the fundamentals. And in 10 minutes, he goes, I'm in. And I go, you're in like, like 10 grand in, I mean, what do you mean in, right? He goes, no, 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 I'm going to fund the whole deal. I want the whole thing. And uh, so, you know, in 10 minutes, we raised $225,000. And I remember like setting the phone down and just like going, what just happened? In 10 minutes, we raised more capital than I had saved in 10 years. You know, it was like this huge light bulb moment. And of course, now is the now now I have fiduciary responsibility to this guy, right? I'm like, okay, now I got to deliver. Like, I can't I can't let this guy down. And so, um, but that was another one of those moments where I'm like, going, look, people have money sitting on the sidelines. They want to invest and want to return. Real estate is a way, a vessel where we can give huge, huge returns. And if you're able to do that as an operator, build your reputation, deliver. I mean, the sky's the limit, right? You're able to, and you know, you know, because you, you you've done the same thing, Jake. So, it's a uh, it, that was such a cool moment to, um, to to go close that property. That is, 
Again, I, I mean, I, and, and, and I, I know that this is really kind of unpacking your, what you're doing right now, your zero to 100 tribe, like you are, this is your story. This is living in that. And, and obviously uh, I want to make sure to, to spend some time on that before we, we jump off this call. So like, tell me about this tribe that you have this zero to 100. And I think there's some examples of what you were living and how you grew that and maybe you know, you, you mentioned being a slow learner, but it's like, that's just kind of how you did it before. Like you, there weren't these groups, there weren't masterminds before. It was just two dudes and you go down to the Ace Hardware and find the book or maybe try to like, you know, when I started, YouTube didn't exist. Like it was like, there wasn't a thing. Google didn't exist. And so then it was just like, you know, but now there's just so much more access to information. But now I think it's the opposite. There's so much information, it's hard to sift through and people have the uh, analysis paralysis. And so how and how have you been taking this and what you're doing now and how can that help connect people to their own journey? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jake. You know, I, it's it's so interesting to me because Travis and I spend a lot of time talking about um, where we're going and where we've been. And one of the big questions is like we look back over the last four or five years as partners. And we go, how is it that like we spent the better part of, you know, 12, 13 years apart scaling each to five or six units? And then together we've gone to uh, up to 400. We just sold 50. So we're at 350 or so together. And that question is so interesting to me because something happened there, right? There's some sort of magic that happened in that, la in that last couple of years that was way different than the 10 or, you know, or I guess 12 or 13 years before that. And so today, like we've worked really, really, really hard to define that. And I go back to my cold calling um, days where it's like you beat your head against the wall. And I think a lot of investors are doing this today, right? They spend years and years and years beating their heads against the wall to build a, a portfolio of say like five or six units, which I don't want to undermine that. that. That takes a lot of work. But like, that's like me cold calling 2000 people and getting like an $1,100 deal, right? Once you learn the framework, once you sort of have some clarity, you have a roadmap, then you can, just like I did with, with real estate sales, you can explode your portfolio. And so zero to 100 tribe, which is a, which a two-sided network, um, zero to hundred tribe.com is sort of our, 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 our landing page. But, uh, but it's all about like taking somebody literally from zero and teaching them what it takes to scale to hundred plus units. And so we set this big goal and this goal can be intimidating for folks because a lot of people don't think hundred units is possible. But I know it is because I went from five to, to 350 within a couple of years. And so, but the tribe's all about dissecting our own journey, putting a framework around it, and then like offering information via um, our posts, you know, our articles. We do calls every week. Um, we have guests on. And in fact, Jake was on last week. Um, and uh, we, we just offer so much value and start, try to unpack other stories so other people can go repeat and do the same thing. And so um, you're right, like when I started out, I didn't have the same resources. And, uh, and I think, like you said, it's almost information overload. And that's where we find, we're finding a lane because like there's a lot of platforms out there that'll teach you about real estate. Where I think ours is different is we're a goal-based community. We're not about flipping homes. We're not about land deals. We're not about, we're about cash flow real estate to hundred units and achieve financial freedom. Like that, it's a, we call it a goal-based community because because you know, not only not only is it a real estate community, but like we have a goal, and that is to get as many people to 100 units as possible. Um, the other day, we had a win in our tribe. Um, one of our members went from three units to 20. He just closed a 20-unit park, and he did it by finding it off market, connecting with the seller. He actually partnered on the deal, um, got some some sort of private capital. He he didn't go in with any money. And, uh, and that doesn't happen by yourself. It happens by joining a network, being a part of something, learning the framework, studying, being, you know, working hard to get there. Um, but like the results are so worth it. And so, so that's what we're building. We're trying to give back as much as we can and, uh, and create an environment where somebody can come in and go, look, I don't know what I'm doing. I own a duplex or maybe I'm, I haven't bought anything. And within a couple of years, they're going, okay, got it light bulb, light bulb, light bulb, light bulb, right? And so they're able to sort of gain that framework. And, um, and you know, we're an open book. We, have, we don't have any secrets. We, we, we share everything we do. And I think that's also rare. Like you get to see under the hood um, from somebody who's done it 
And so that's, that's what we try to offer value. Yeah. And that's, uh, I, you know, I did get a chance to be on that call. And I mean, I had other people, you know, even from that posting, you know, reach out and like, oh, it was awesome. And so I, I think what you're doing and building is something is very special. And I, I think in, and why, you know, I think we had already lined up this podcast interview prior to, to you guys is zero to 100 thing and, and seeing this kind of, uh, it from, maybe not quite the genesis, but at least, you know, from the idea. And I know that you guys are launching a book, you know, you're launching, you already have this tribe and this community kind of built out together. So how can people find you, find that platform? And then also, I mean, how can they go share uh, some love and find you on social media and some other things as well, so that they can give you some, some likes and some loves and some tweets and hugs and I don't know, whatever, all the other social media things that you're supposed to be doing. I love it. Thank you. You know, uh, if you want to find our tribe, go to zero to 100 tribe.com. That's zero to and then the number 100 tribe.com. It's free to join, easy to join. Um, go check us out and learn about us there. Uh, I'm a I'm a social media rook, rookie, but you can find me at uh, The Real Englands. My last name's England like the country and uh, and go, go follow me there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, go come hang out. Uh, join the platform and, and shoot me a message if, if you want. Um, we're, we're easy to get a hold of, but, um, but yeah, it's uh, easy to find me. That that is awesome, I, and and I love what you're doing because I think it is exactly what you just said. It is all of those learning things that you've done over the last you know many many years, and 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 not to say that uh, you recommend that people just go you know jump off the cliff. Uh, and go live in the trailer in the KOA, which is is very much an opportunity. Like you could totally do that. Uh, I think that is probably a a you know path too far for a lot of people. So, but it's like you don't necessarily have to do that. Leverage your existing job or your network or those other things, and especially what you even talked about, like being able to invest in the market that you don't live in. There's a lot of other things that you can now do. So, um, you're you're sharing, you know. A lot of awesome information and and I think that you guys this thing's gonna take off like a rocket ship and and I'm just happy to support you in any way. Uh that would be my ask as of anyone on the on the call and then um that's listening to this podcast or not necessarily the call but the podcast is go check out the thing. They have a lot of resources and I'm excited for the book when it does come out. And I think it is supposed to be out maybe next month or the month after that. So maybe by the time this airs, it's out. If not, then uh, we'll definitely put links to all of those things in the show note. Mitch, I wanted to close out the, the show with a couple of rapid fire questions, but they don't have to be rapid fire answers. What is the book that you have gifted most to people. Yeah. You know, uh, I think it's a tie between Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Multifamily Millions by Dave Lindahl. Two awesome books. Get your mindset right. Learn how to go close multifamily. Okay. What is one thing that you have invested or bought or purchased that saved you the most time? Oh my gosh. Save me the most time. Yeah. Good question. So I think our asset manager, uh, Amanda, I'll, I'll give a shout out to her. She's awesome. She takes care of us. She takes care of the business. She's there every day, all the day-to-day operations. Um, such a, such a huge value add. Awesome. The final question is what can the audience do to help support you? Is there, uh, what is the ask? Is it bring new deals? Is it just be part of the tribe, you know, sign up to a newsletter, do something like that. So what, what is the final ask of what they can do to help you? You know, my final ask is, is come join the tribe. Like we just do so much there and, uh, I'd be honored to have you there and network with you. I think that it's such a mutually beneficial thing to grow your network. Um, and I, and I'm always trying to grow mine cause I think it's the most beneficial thing we can do. So, so come join the tribe. Awesome. Mitch. I just wanted to thank you uh, again, how grateful I am for you hearing that story, hearing your, your, the way that you have taken that journey over the years in just the, the blind faith in yourself and obviously Hannah's support of you and your family as well. And, and I am tremendously grateful for you and the way that you show up in this world day in, day out, every time I've got a chance to, to connect up and meet with you. And I just truly appreciate you. Thank you for coming on the show today. Jake, thank you so much. 
honor to be here. You have an awesome show. Appreciate you, man. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If the episode made you think of someone, go ahead and take a screenshot and share this episode with them. You can tag us or find us as a podcast at Catch Knives or me personally at jake.realestate. For those investors that are listening to this and want to be able to take advantage of distressed investing opportunities, a perfect place to start is my best-selling book, which also happens to be called Catching Knives. It's a full breakdown and guide on how I and many of my partners take advantage of opportunities in distressed commercial real estate. Go to www.catchkniveswithans.com and grab the book there as there's a few book bonuses that I know you'll love. Once again, www.catchkniveswithans.com. Take care and I'll see you in the next episode.